Okay, welcome to the uh, Land Co. podcast. Today with Greg Grimes, we're going to um, we're going to cover lake management topic, uh, and it's it's not like a specific topic. I'm just talking about ongoing management today. Welcome to the Land Co. podcast, an analytical behind the scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois. Mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. Greg, welcome to the show. We He was on a few of the, the past episodes, so I'm not going to go through the full bio. Um, if you want that, I think it was on the Lake, um, what was it, Lake Audit episode maybe? Sure. Yeah, but uh, anyways, Greg works with, with uh, Landco, with Ryan, all of us. Um, he's the best of the best. So um, I want to talk about ongoing management. You know, so you do the, you get your goals, you do the Lake Audit, you have everything in line, you get the plan. I'd like you to chat a little bit about sticking with that plan and, and ongoing management. And so, so kind of roll through the importance of, of the ongoing management to the success uh, you know, or failure of any project. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. And, and yeah, I agree with you. This is probably not going to be as long a podcast. Uh, we try to keep it brief, but it's a very important topic because uh, we can provide a plan <laughs> uh, to a client. And unless it's followed up and, and continues to be followed up, then the results are not going to be what anybody wants. So it's it's super critical. I mean, I, I equate it to, you know, deer management is so similar in so many ways. But, you know, you're not going to just go out and put in a food plot one time and be done with it. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're having to constantly cultivate that and change up your crops and, and do everything else involved. But, you know, there are several ongoing uh, maintenance things to be done. But. They're fairly simple, John. I mean, there's, it's not a huge time commitment, but it's something that, uh, as a lake owner, you need to take time to do that and, and continue to make progress. Right, and and I so I bring this up in this in the podcast because I've seen I've seen both ways. So I've seen people get the plan and stick to them. Like you worked with my dad back in the day. Like he he literally charted and measured and weighed each fish and documented it. And then like on the other end. Yeah, of this, I loved it. I loved it. I, I, I was eating that up, man. I bet. But <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum, you get guys that like, they know what they're supposed to do. It's just, it just doesn't happen. And so, and then they wonder why it's not, they're not doing as good as the other guy. And I just, I think it's important to, um, to understand that you need to follow that stuff if you want the results that the plan says you can get. So, um, I guess going to that a little bit, I know you talked about like taking fish out in a previous episode was one of the ongoing sure. managements, but what, you know, what else does that entail? Like your common, your common things that you need to keep doing. Yeah. So several things, um, we, we run a program mostly in Georgia, you know, again, we're based in Georgia, but work all across the country. I've got a project going on right now in Montana. So that's pretty cool. Especially when you trade out with some elk hunts, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we've got some cool projects and, Everywhere's a little different, but we go out once a month, um, and, and a landowner kind of needs to be doing the same thing. Um, you can get a consultant in the area to help out with that, a land manager. The owner can do it themselves. Again, it's not a huge time commitment, but um, if you've got a strip mine lake there and you're doing some fertilization, it's critical to be monitoring that. So you you take what we call a sechi disc. It's just a black and white disc and monitor that visibility. Jot that down if it's too clear and you're trying to increase your productivity, then you add some fertilizer. Um, you're constantly adjusting your fish feeders. If you're running into a supplemental feeding program. So the setting you have in, in April, as things start to warm up is a different setting than the heat of the summer is a different setting, uh, going into the fall before you shut things down in the winter time. 
um, aquatic vegetation uh, control and management is critical. Uh, if you got started off in the spring and you're already at a 30% threshold, that's wonderful fishing. That's wonderful habitat for fish. But if you know that's going to be growing into 60 or 70%, you've got to be doing the ongoing maintenance and control that and make sure you're taking steps not to do that. And you just alluded to the one of the most important ones, which is especially when we're talking about trophy bass management, is the harvest of fish, uh, specifically studded. Uh, size classes of bass and if you've got a target number um, if you just take the plan and this happens to unfortunately a lot of clients a lot of lake owners um, and and the plan was to take out 500 bass and you took out 100 and you're pretty excited about that and then we come back out and do a fish survey and you may have done a lot of the other steps but you haven't done the ongoing harvest and hit that target goal then things aren't going to be what we need to so it's just a it's a process uh, like anything but it's a, a very important process um, that uh, needs to be done. Right. And, I'll, and let's get into that in one second about why, you know, the challenges in front of people and why they don't get these things done. But when you're talking about harvesting fish, what about um, documenting the fish you catch? Uh, I know my dad used to do that. I don't do it as much, but is that something that should be going on as well? Yeah, I mean, that helps. I mean, when we do, you know, we talk to the podcast about a lake audit and, you know, we're doing the most scientifically available way of monitoring things, but it's a snapshot. Um, it's a one-time picture. So if guys have catch records, um, and especially if they have catch records with sizing and weights of bass, as long as that uh, information is gathered accurately, man, it, it's hard to beat that. That's year-round. Uh, things like muskie are hard to shock. And like, you know, are you catching uh, one muskie for every 10 outings? Okay, well, maybe we need to go ahead and get on the page for stocking some more muskie. But if you're catching them every other trip, that's pretty good for you know, musky fishing. So, um, that, that, that monitoring and documentation is important for sure. Nice. And so does that allow you to, I imagine that would allow you to like kind of regroup on the fly. So if, if you're in year three of a 10 year plan and, and it's a little different than you expected, you can kind of regroup and realign what you need to do that year or the following year. Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Right. And the truth is, uh, us as scientists, we would love to say, this is it. This is the answer. We can do the exact same thing, two lakes beside each other, and get completely different results. Yeah. So uh, that ongoing monitoring is super critical. So part of the maintenance is, is possibly doing a, you know, a lot of our clients, we do annual fishery surveys. Yep. Um, you know, and if not, at least every other year, because things can totally change from time to time. And then so what we told you two years ago may not apply. Maybe you had some kind of fish kill you weren't even aware of, and now – uh, you don't need to be taking out those bass, yep. you know, just to, again, uh, I know you've got a lot of wildlife management folks listening to the podcast, the same as deer. just because you were told to shoot those 10 years ago, maybe you'd have a coyote population that's skyrocketed and now you don't need to be shooting those. So you have to constantly monitor and, and do the maintenance and documentation to be doing the right steps. Got it. So what, what, you know, a lot of people don't do this. I mean, I would say at least for my guys, I mean, they all do it to a certain degree, but very few of them do it to the way they probably should. So why, why is that? I mean, what are the challenges that people face that they just don't do it? Is there, is it, yeah, it's, like you said, it's, it's not time. hard. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's honestly, it's just time. It's, a, it's, it's time and the value of time. And we've really tried to um, paint the picture, if you will, for a client and say, hey, maybe we need to be doing this for you because, you know, a lot of folks own some nice pieces of property, but 
uh, I, personally me, I, I love to hop on the tractor, but I don't like to have to hook up the bush hogs on the tractor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so you don't want to have to go out there and try to do the fertilization. You want to just go fishing and not have to take the bass out and, and clean the bass. But if you really know the full picture of things, um, it, you, you really buy in and you know that important. So we started aging bass, John. We, and that's what really is clued our clients in when we age a bass and we show that a 12 to 14 inch fish is only, uh, uh, I mean, it's actually six to eight years old and not two or three years old. Then they realize how important that is to harvest things. Huh. Well, that's so maybe a little off tangent, but is that something that you could like teach clients? Cause I certainly don't know how to age a fish. Yeah. I mean, you, you are having a more Northern uh, climate. It is possible to look at scales and get some accuracy that way because you have a very distinct growing season here in the South. It's, it's, it's garbage, uh, looking at a scale, but you can look at a, what's called an otolith. Um, so it's not something, uh, somebody can do. It takes a lot of practice, but we, we break open the brain cavity of the fish. You know, we write down the length and the weight of the fish, obviously. And then we sacrifice that fish and, uh, we pull out what's called an otolith, which is an inner ear bone. Then we get back uh, to our office and we crack it uh, and look at a cross section mounted on a microscope. It takes 10 or 12 minutes per otolith to do this. And then basically you're counting rings like the rings on a tree. It's really cool. Huh. Um, and, and it's extremely accurate. But that's when it hit home. When you, when you say, wow, this fish that's 13 inches long is six years old. And we thought it was two or three years old. Right. Um, and what, what it shows is a bottleneck effect. So you may have all the proper steps, maybe doing all the proper management to get that um, little fingerling bass eating plankton and aquatic insects. Then they shift over six or eight inches to some smaller fish. They're growing great. And all of a sudden they need those three to five inch bluegill that we talked about in the other podcast. And those are missing. Um, then there's a bottleneck and those fish just get stunted and they'll just stay there from year three to year seven or eight, or they may end up dying at 14 inches uh, because they never could get over that. So it really just uh, allows a, a lake owner to realize the importance of the maintenance and the specifically uh, bass harvest in this case. Got it. Well, that's cool stuff. I think we don't need to get too much into detail in this this um, episode. I just kind of wanted to reinforce that like you get these plans and it's execution. Execution is everything. And I've been on both sides of that. I'm not like even saying it's wrong if you don't but you just can't expect the same results if you don't do the ongoing management stuff so that, that's fair to say right it is it is it's execution and i would add follow-up um so you execute the plan now and then the truth is too uh, we've done a maybe not a great job with this we're getting better with that laying out a five-year plan and you mentioned it earlier i think but you know, not just saying hey this is what to do right now this is what to do now this is what to do next few months and this is what to do a couple of years from now yep. um so you're constantly keeping your pulse of what's going on out there, and it is it is super critical. But yeah, I mean it's it's, it's awesome um, to see the results when people follow through and execute properly. Nice, it, I have seen those results as well. So um, we can wrap this one up. That's enough for this one. Um, it, again, Greg could go into detail, more detail than you know any of my listeners would ever understand. But uh, if they want to get a hold of you, if somebody wants to do this, how do they how do they get in touch with you, Greg? Yeah, I always just throw out the website. It's just the easiest way to reach us is lakework.com, lakework.com. Uh, info at Lakeworks is an email, Greg at Lakework will all come to us. Um, 
you know, we're on all social media platforms as well. We try to um, get some good content out there that way. But just just reach out to an email. We will follow up with you. Um, and, you know, they can reach out to you as well, John, to, to get us. But, no, love to. Well, we're already headed that way. Love to add some more clients and help them out. There's some big fish. Well, cool. Is there anything we're missing on this ongoing management thing that I should have asked that I didn't because uh, you know, know more than I do about this stuff? Oh, I'm, I'm sure I forgot something, but I think we covered that pretty well. Cool. Well, if any of you guys need any more information, hit me up um, or Greg. Either would be uh, glad to help you, I'm sure. Um, if not, we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, Greg, thanks for coming on, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next episode. Enjoy it again, John. Thanks.